Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Evening everybody, welcome along to the Monday Night Rangers Rabble phone-in. Uh, I'm hosting tonight, as you know, I'm Wolf. I've uh, got some new hardware, so hopefully the I won't be playing internet hokey-cokey tonight. Um, hope, hopefully, Martin assures me the stream seems to be decent, so hopefully it holds out that way. So I don't think it was the Wi-Fi, I think it was the laptop, which I've replaced. So hopefully, hopefully everything's good. Joining me tonight, we've got Ian. Good evening, Ian, how are you? Evening, mate. I'm all right. Uh, like you, hopefully, with uh, some new connections added to the to the laptop, my Wi-Fi will hold out. <laughs> so we won't have a battle between me and you. Who can be the worst? Good. Well, hopefully tonight it's not me. And also joining us tonight is my uh, women's pod sidekick, Carl. Good evening, Carl. How are you? Yeah, good. It was a, a good work week all round for Rangers. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, still on a high from the, the game at the Orium yesterday, I'm quite sure. Paul, Paul McGarrigal, Wolf and Calf TV, TV stars, just because we were, um, we were caught on, on camera yesterday at the Orium, which it's quite difficult to um, to hide from the cameras at the Orium because it's, it's not the biggest venue in the world. But anyway, that's another story. We'll be recording that pod tomorrow night and that'll be going out on Wednesday, I'm reliably informed. So don't forget, folks, like and share, do all that, all that nice stuff. Um, if you like what you hear, we're over on Patreon as well. So you can, for a couple of quid a month, or three pound or whatever it is, I don't even know what it is, three pound a month or something, you can uh, join us on Patreon. There's loads and loads of different shows. We've got the, the women's show that I just referenced there. We've got Rangers 11s. We've got all oh, members-only shows, all sorts, of, all sorts of stuff. Um, Tonight's going to be a phone-in, but Martin always gives us a few minutes to get one. Ducks in a row before he lets the calls come through. Um, and hopefully somebody else will be jumping on. I'm not going to throw Henry under the bus. Lee was supposed to be joining us, but he seems to have vanished into the ether. So we'll hopefully get somebody to replace him. Um, so, Carr, the old firm game on Saturday. How fucking good was that? 
Yeah, it's about time. We've got, I'd say, kind of close in previous encounters where we've kind of seemed to one-up them, but it was just... I mean, it's what we've wanted, isn't it? It's just utter display of dominance and just all-out attack and just throwing everything at them, and it was just perfect. If that's a sign for the future, I'm very excited. I'm trying not to get my hopes up just because of the amount of times this happened last game of the season or whatever, when it doesn't mean anything, and we smash them, and then we go into next season, and it's a bit not so good. So I'm trying not to get too excited, but it was very good. Yeah, Ian, for me, Carthage is on something there. It's what we've been, we've been wanting. It's what we've been, um, for me, since Michael Beals came in, even the games he's lost to them and the game that we drew with them at Ibrox, there hasn't been a lot in it and it's been individual errors that cost us. So for me, Michael Beals got the measure of them with ta- tactically. He just hasn't got the personnel to execute it. But on Saturday, we didn't seem to make it. Or we only made a couple of mistakes and they weren't punished for once. To me, that was a difference on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Um, like Carl says, it's just it's all been waiting for this season. Uh, particularly since Beal's come in, like you say, we've been there or thereabouts. A couple of silly mistakes in each of the games. Maybe the semi-final out with, because I think Beal got his tactics wrong for that one. But what a day it was. Um, like I said, we spoke about it uh, in the pre-match that we weren't even sort of up for it, as we normally were by the end of the pod, we were right up for it, and I can tell you by kickoff, I was literally swearing at the TV, so and that was before a ball was kicked. Yeah, before we carry on, yeah, Angie McDee, Angela, it was great to meet you as well, uh, that was one of those freaky moments for me on Saturday, I'm walking along Emerson Drive, ch- merely chatting to my daughter and my mate, and I just hear this, there's a, a woman walking in front of me, and I got, all I got was Wilf, and she turned around, and it was Angie all the way from Dublin. She says, great to meet you. It was fabulous to meet you, Angela. It's always nice to meet anybody that watches the pod. It is a bit freaky because we kind of, we're just people just sitting talking about Rangers to actually know people are watching is a bit kind of... But Angela, I told you I was getting my, my Wi-Fi sorted out, so it wasn't the Wi-Fi, it was the computer, so hopefully it's sorted. But yeah, it was lovely to meet you. And if anybody else ever sees any of us about, don't be shy. We don't bite. Well, Carl does when she's in a bad mood, but that's only when the, the ladies get beat, so... But uh, there's another comment from Scott. No, no mistakes or howlers, and we, and we win without a striker. Carl, that was that was something that um, I think we were all saying when the team team lineup came up. Where, where are the goals going to come from? You know, I for one expected Morelos to start, despite what Bill had said about him last weekend, um, just because there was nobody else. Yeah, well, we didn't have any other options, so you're thinking, well. Maybe it's going to be a tight one and maybe somewhere in a bit of magic will come out of fashion Sakala after six attempts and he'll finally get one in and he won't be offside. But as soon as that first goal went in, you're thinking, oh, well, what a screamer from Cantwell. I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself now. I'm just started talking about the game. But Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you're thinking, well, you don't know where it's going to come from. But then you think of the European run last last year, not to bring that up, but... Goals were coming from everywhere and you knew that we could score from all over the park and it just seems to have not happened this season where we're not getting that all the time. Tavo pop up with the odd one here and there, but to see that happening and to get a few goals and not be worried once the first one went in thinking, oh, we're going to we're gonna mess us up somehow. It was just, it was such a nice feeling from not having it all season. It was so good. Yeah, Ian, for me, I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to be at the game and outside before the game, Everybody that I spoke to them were all the same. We're all like, like like I was. I've never been that way for a goal from game before where 
I didn't really know what to expect. I was just kind of, well, it'll be what it'll be. And then everybody else seemed to be the same. The atmosphere was really flat outside. And then walked in, Highbrooks was absolutely jumping. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe the difference between the fans outside and the fans inside. It was just, the place was absolutely bouncing. And that was before the game started. That that took me a bit by surprise. And I'm, I'm sure it probably got the players unawares as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we, like I said, we were doing the, the pre-match and we were all very much the same, probably like the fans outside the ground. Yeah, it's It doesn't mean much. Hopefully we can get a result. Um, it, it looked, the team, we talked about the team. Uh, the closer and closer we got to kick off, it was. And then when I turned the TV on, was listening to the sort of 15 minutes before the game, the noise that was coming, it, it threw me as well, just watching it on the tally. So God knows what it was like in the ground. Um, I would have you, sorry, I'll, there, cut, I'll but... cut across you. We've got we've got Colin on the phone. I've not even right. read the phone number out yet, and we've got a, and we've got a call. This is this is how popular this phone is becoming. Colin, good evening. How are you? How you doing, everybody? All right. I've had worse weekends, mate. I've had worse weekends. What can we do for you? <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Wolf. I'll bet. Me too, mate. Yeah. Listen. Uh, um. My my point is is, is a double edged point uh really I don't like being negative because obviously we've had a good a good result and that's all it is just as a good result. You know, no matter what they're going on about about oh, it doesn't matter, I'm not the rest of it. They would they would love us to get beaten Tiddly Winks, right? So don't kid any anybody kid is that they're no bothered about not getting beat by anyway. It's only three points you know, they go on to win all the stuff and that's it. Your season is what it is. But just on a, a positive and a kind of negative, I just wanted to say I thought Robbie McCrory uh, and Saturday had a, a fantastic game. You know, that one-handed save for O'Reilly was, was was awesome, I thought. Uh, and uh, I just saw him, you know, the whole, you know, I'm dropping on the ball and, and wasting time or game management as it's called now. And to, you know, you know, all that's been, you know, know there with Alan McGregor, although I love Alan, Alan McGregor, he's a, a Rangers legend, you know that. So, a second point on that is, is, I don't think we can be a top team if Goldson and Tavernor are in the team, right? Now, he's decent, right? He's decent for what we paid for the guy and all that, right? But he's a calamity waiting to happen. The, 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 the one half the post for that boy... If you watch that play back, I, who couldn't see that coming, right? And he's not even running with the guy until it's too late, until the guy's in front of him. You know, he's clearly, you know, shooter's got to the other boy. It's a square pass in. I mean, he's not even anticipating that. And McCrory does amazing, man, to go out. And, and, I mean, he doesn't get the ball, but he puts the guy half enough for him to no, get, no connect with it properly. And he, he hits the post and that lets his half. You know, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, in Scotland we'll get away with that, but against the bigger teams we'll not get away with that. With, with Goldson, and he's, I say, he's capable of making their mistakes. He always has been. Like I just can't see as being a top team, and 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 Tavernier going forward, absolutely amazing. I can't uh, praise the guy enough. But again, defending, we're just. Errors waiting to be happening every single game. It doesn't matter who it is against the top class strikers or punishes of have punishes. I watched the Ajax game the other night there and you know the four nothing game and just you know that boy runs past him and belts it into the top corner. It's some finish, but it's crap defending for Tavernier and 
I said to Werner's good going forward and all that. So I, I, the, the sort of double-edged sword of that is, is, do you think if we've got, again, a keeper coming out and taking corners and free kicks and all that, that's going to going to do Goldson's job for him because really they should be commanding they should be heeding all that away and obviously we've all been crying out for a goal that he came out and sort of catch balls and you know command his area which I thought I thought young uh, McCrory did so it's a double-edged one guys as I said I don't rate Goldson I've never heard of as I said he's decent but he's not better if we want to be a top team they too aren't they good enough and we need to replace him Thanks for your call. Right, Ian, go on in. Connor Goldson and James Tavern. Sorry to cut across your call. Uh, Ian, what do you think of the, right, the, the point for calling there? I mean, I mean, Tavernier has been called like that a few times. There has been a few times you're asking where your right back is. He's posted missing. But other than that, they didn't really put a foot wrong the rest of the game. Goldson was, and Tavernier kept Jota quiet. So that's part of the battle. Keep Jota quiet. That's one of their ways out of the way. Um, o presents a different style. And I thought Goldson and Suter handled him really well. The only other real mistake that came from the day was Ryan Jack's loose ball. I don't really see that Goldson and Tavernier were really a liability on that game. Going forward, we all know Tavernier's issues with his defending. We, But his numbers going forward kind of help him with his, with his defensive part of it. But with Ryan Jack back in the team, he's got license to move forward because Ryan Jack will fill in. It's been a horrible season and everyone's to blame at certain points for the season. You can't just blame two people for the whole season. I get where he's coming from. There has been instances, but our defence has proven that without Goldson, it's worse. So I think Connor, I think he had a quite a good game yesterday, personally. Uh, yeah, he got. they both got caught for that. But that's the way Celtic play quick, decisive, and cut through you. That's how they play. That's how they play against everybody. Going to get caught every now and again. And, you know, Super Robbie McCrory was there. It's fine. Carl, what do you think? The, you think that, as, as uh, Colin says, that Robbie McCrory being there will do, will do the job for them? Or, you know, I mean, somebody pointed out in the comments there that well, we'll do well against Liverpool to Conor Goldsman off and then it all, just, it all just fell apart after that. Is that because he wasn't there or because we were used to being there? Or. I mean, I think it's a bit of a wild take, to be honest. Like, when Conor Goldson was out injured, we were really struggling defensively. And you notice such a remarkable difference when he wasn't there. Cav has got his faults, and everybody knows that. Nobody claims that he's perfect, the perfect right-back and he's the best defender in the world. But Goldson, saying that Goldson yesterday, or Saturday, sorry, had such a bad game that he should be scrapped is just incredible. When... Other than one mistake, which about three other players also made the mistake in the lead up to that potential goal. So you can't just pin it solely on him. When he's been basically the captain in the back line for most of the season and since he's been here. So I don't agree. I get where you're coming from if you're including the whole season as a whole. Then maybe they've got faults and defensively with all of the players have been at fault all season. But... To bring that up in relation to that game on Saturday is just ludicrous, in my opinion. Okay, there you go, Colin. You've managed to, you've managed to upset Carr, who was in quite a good mood after that, a decent weekend. Uh, but thanks very much for the call, mate. I call it, I call again. With... Sorry, sorry, sorry mate. Can I just, can you can go, I, just add, I, I never said Saturday. 
I never said Saturday. You know, we've, we've had a good result. I was just pointing out a couple of a couple of instances where I just thought, you know, there we go again. So no, you know, I don't know what they call it, but the the panel heard me saying, but I never said Saturday. I'm just talking about overall. You know, there's too many. There's a there's a common denominator why we've no won anything, and it seems to be Taverner and Goldson. All the time, mistakes, all the time. And how anybody can see that? I'm just, it's, it's, it's simple mistakes like that. And I say we got away with it on Saturday. So I said with the boys, I said, and I thought it was McCrory that, that saved that that chance. Other than that, he's through. And I, Ryan Jack, you know, let's, let's rightly through. There wasn't, there wasn't very many mistakes. And I'm totally happy with our performance. And you know what? It was a great result and all the rest of it. You know what? You, you can never. I'm not, I'm not saying we can go through a game and never make any mistakes. I'm just saying if we want to be a top team, if we want to go into the, the Europa League or the, the Champions League and do something, I'm not going to do it with two on the team. And as I said, that's for me proving over the last seasons have been there. We've won nothing, and they're, they're two of the of the common denominators through it all. Bad mistakes. You know, as I said, they're decent, but they're certainly no top class defenders. Tavernier's excellent going forward, but he's certainly not a, a top class defender. And we need somebody to come in that's going to defend for us. I see a big, big, big suitor does a cracking job in defending. You know, he's maybe not the most graceful, but he's a cracking defender. And as I said, I just think I'm not talking about Saturday, I'm just talking about in general. Your play is uh, great in general, and we're always let down by, by losing crap goals, as I said. And the, the common denominator is. Day two have always been there, and I just think so. If if we got to win anything, day two need to go. It's as simple as that. But everybody's entitled to their opinion, and thanks for letting me on, guys. I appreciate that. No, absolutely, no problem, no problem, Colin. I've, I've t- I tend not not to agree with you to a certain a certain degree, but um, that's, that's I, I mean, that's we've, we've lost, we'll have lost a lot of goals at the at the back post when when uh, when Tav's lost his man. None, none more so than the last time we played them when he lost Jota at the back at the back post. So we can't we can't say that he's never at fault because he sometimes is. I think Goldson's organisation is decent, but again, like you say, we're all we're all entitled to opinions. I think we picked you up slightly wrong at the, at the start of yours, but as I say, thanks very much for the I call. No, um, oh, perfect. Thanks for do feel feel free to call again. It's always always great to hear opinions. It's even thanks better again. when there's a wee bit of, wee bit of debate about the opinion. Thanks, mate. Cheers, pal. So you picked up on a, on a point there, Ian, um, about Europe, right? Now, obviously, we're going into the European qualifiers, just to move us on a little bit. We'll, come, we'll get back to Saturday, I'm quite sure, because I could talk about Saturday all, all night. Um, but if we're going to the European qualifiers, and there's been, I've seen a wee bit of debate online about do we actually want to get into the Champions League or is the, is the Europa League more at our level? So personally, I'm, my thought is get into the, into the Champions League and try and finish third and get, you know, drop into the Europa League by default because that's more of a level. But what do you think of that? Yeah, that, that's what I. That's the way I would go. You need the, the we need the Champions League for the money. Um, not saying that we haven't got any, just that the Champions League is where the money is. Um, so if we can get into the Champions League group stage, make the money from there, get third, drop down to Europa League, then that's that's what we should be aiming for. I think. I mean, do we still have that parachute that if we don't win the qualifier, we do drop down to the Europa League anyway this season? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, you know... We're, yeah, we're I think it's... Uh, them, but... Yeah, I think I think if I remember it right from last season, I think it works the same way. If we if we lose the first 
the first qualifying game we've got, we go straight into the group stages of the Europa League. If we if we win it, we go into the, the knockout round, and if we lose that, we, we go into the group stages of the Europa League anyway. So whatever happens, we're in the in the Europa League group stages. Carl, what do you think? Do you think Champions League is a must, or is the Europa League a sort of more realistic prospect? Or? I think we have to try. We have to try and aim for Champions League, and we have to give it our all like we did this year and try and get into it. But then... I guess it depends on the draw, doesn't it? Because we might get lucky and potentially get the lower end teams in the Champions League and get a chance. But realistically, Europa League is our is our level, and it is something we realistically could win. So I think, you know, if we're thinking about it pragmatically, we have to think about we need the money, but we also need a good run. We need it after Christmas. We need the the income from the gate. We need all that to build upon the Champions League money that we'll get initially if we do qualify and then drop down into third into the Europa League. So it's a double-edged sword. You want to go and do well and you want to be a top team, but realistically, we're not at that point yet. Right, so you touch, you touch on a very valid, a very good point there, right? So... We're not going to win the Champions League, right? Let's be honest about that. We're not going to win the Champions League, right? A run in the Europa League would be, another run in the Europa League would be fantastic, right? But would, but Ian, would you give that up for a run in the Conference League that that results in us winning it? I mean, there's somebody in the comment, people in the comments saying we're we're better than the Europa League, which I happen to think that we, that we potentially are. But that's the one we've got more realistic chance of going further in. But would you give would you give them both up? If we want to win the Conference League, which at the moment is a bit of a bit of a bit of a diddy competition, I don't think I'd give up the Europa League for the Conference League. I mean, if we won it, I'd still celebrate it like it was uh, the fantastic achievement that it could be because there's still some good teams in that Conference League. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'd, I'd give up the Europa League for the Conference League. That I, I, it's higher prestige. We can do it. We've proven we can do it. Yeah, we've got some luck along the way, but we've proven we can go quite the way. I reckon we, with a few extra little bits last season, we might well have won that. But um, yeah, I, I, no, I'd rather have the, the Europa League than the conference, but I'd like to do it via the Champions League. That's how I'd go. Right, Carl, what about you? I see you, not, I see you not, nodding away there. Um, so a, a decent run in the Europa League or winning the Conference League? It's got to be Europa League. I think as much as, you know, the Conference League is there for, you know, kind of lesser teams to drop down into to potentially win. And fair enough, like West Ham and whoever else are in it could potentially win it. And obviously, if we did go on to win it, you know, you would celebrate it because it's a European trophy. But you wouldn't give up a run in the Europa League for winning the Conference League, I don't think. Good evening, William Irvin. How are you? I was enjoying a bath, to be honest, until Martin phoned me or tried to message me, but right. here I am. So, are running run the Europa League after dropping out of the Champions League or winning the Conference League? That's a tough question, actually. Um, That's why I asked that. I think winning any European trophy is special, isn't it? So, regardless of what it was, it would probably be a pretty special moment. Um, I'll go for the Conference League. Okay, I would. I'm kind of. I would as well because it's like she's winning a European trophy, and it would be really nice to win another European trophy. And as Ian said, if we had a few more, a few more things in our favour last year, and I take it by that Ian, you meant a striker, then we probably would. Have, we probably would have won the Europa League. Uh, striker or playing West Ham in a final. 
Yeah, playing West Ham in the final with with a brought his own his own problems. I quite enjoyed Seville. I don't really want to be running about it at, th- at thirty six or forty degrees chased by all these hammers. So I'm quite glad they didn't get there. With the greatest respect to any West Ham fans that happen to be watching. Um. So so William, anyway, how was your bath? Were you having a nice a nice time in your? Absolutely amazing. I was sitting in my Ray Dock's bath as happy as can be, and then apparently we were a person short. So. Yeah. Me being the great person that I'm, I rushed out to jump on and Good help. You know? Much appreciated. So while you were in, while you were in your bath, were you thinking back to the game on Saturday? Right. I would imagine you'd be thinking about the game on Saturday. I wasn't last Saturday. <laughs> no, right. Anyway, thinking back to the game last Saturday. See at the first goal when Cantwell scored. Right. Yeah. Any idea of what Joe Hart was, was fucking claiming for? Um, I can only imagine he thought he was offside, but clearly he didn't realise how deep the boy. Uh, Kobayashi was, and he was clearly playing everybody on side. Um, although I think sometimes it's just one of those things, isn't it? When you're a goalkeeper, you claim for everything anyway and hope for the best. And the fact you've got VAR now, you never know what's going to happen, to be honest. But certainly when you see it back on the replay, I mean, Cantwell several, several yards on side. Um, but I can only imagine the thing that he was trying to claim for was offside because there wasn't. You know, there wasn't like any real contact in the build-up to the goal. Like there wasn't any fouls, there wasn't anything that was close to it. So I think he was just obviously trying his luck, wasn't he? Hoping that maybe the Leno would put his flag up. But obviously with VAR in effect now, as soon as that was checked, it was going to be given as a goal. Yeah, it seems to be a thing with Scottish goalkeepers. You think back to last year's Scottish Cup final and Craig Gordon running about with his arm and was his arm rave when Ryan Jack scored. You know, you think, what, what do these guys think they're going to achieve? And as well, he says... With VAR, it's an absolutely pointless exercise because if there's something wrong, they'll find it. I've noticed that he does that a lot, Joe Hart. He just always sticks his hand up. He, he doesn't move off his line. He, he gets a bad goal against him and he just sticks his arm up and hopes that maybe somebody will believe him or it'll get checked or something will happen. I, I don't really understand why, but I suppose if you don't ask, you don't get it. So he's doing what he can because he got made to look an absolute fool yesterday by most of our team. So... Let him have it, I suppose, but it was baffling. He was never offside. Yeah, he did. Ian, while we're on the subject of Joe Hart, the, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've seen the thing all over social media. They spot the ball when it's behind him after Suter's header. I mean, just one of the, one of the, the lovely the, the lovely images from Saturday. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, I think it goes back all the way back, sort of similar to an Alan Ruff picture, isn't it? The World Cup. It's behind you. Um, but now that first one, I think he might have actually been calling for a taxi. Just trying to flag it down. Get, get me out of here. But no, it was great. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I'm far too young to remember that. Anyway, folks, um, we've already had Colin on the phone with his um, with his take on uh, on our, our defense our defenders. So you can have your say. Oh one four one six two eight seven two three seven. You'll get straight through to Martin. And he'll stick you straight on here, and you can you can have your say um, about anything at all to do with Rangers that you want. But I'm glad that William Irvin's appeared. Because as we've got a lull on calls, this new conference league, Willie, that's yeah. been much much talked about. That's I know that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, look, I don't think it's been down well. Even with a lot of people that that go to the academy games, I don't think they see the the kind of positive side of it. Um, I mean, I get the financial aspect of it because clearly money is important in Scottish football, and four clubs I think that are going to have to pay forty grand each. Um, it's obviously a good amount of money, but for me, I don't see it happening. I don't know if there's 
if there's going to be enough clubs that are going to want it to happen. I think one of the things that's not been spoken about enough, it almost protects the League Two teams more than it does like the B teams to a point. Because yet again, they're putting another another kind of step in front of trying to get into League Two. So it, it'll be interesting to see who actually votes it through. Um, but from my point of view, I would rather be did like the best versus best or be trying to get into something else. The Conference League doesn't seem a great idea in my opinion. What is it like? Sort of four B teams, four teams from the top four teams in the lower league and the two teams in the Highland League at the top of the table. I guess, I mean, I'm not too sure what that's going to benefit um, us in the long term. So I'm not really a big fan of it, if I'm honest. And I've read a lot of the the kind of different takes online. I've kind of had a look at how it's supposed to set up and how it's supposed to work. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. I would like to have thought that there was something better than what that's been put forward. But look, until the club come out and actually speak about it, or until the, like, like the B-team clubs come out and speak about it, it's really hard to know where they see the positives and the negative sides of it. Yeah, Carl, for me, I don't know how much you're aware of this Conference League um, story. Um, but, I mean, looking at looking at what I, I saw today, um, it was starting 24-25 season. And the B, the B teams still won't be able to get promoted, which I think is ridiculous because the whole thing the whole thing is, I mean, our, our B teams held held in the same regard by people as you know Ajax managed to bring players through and Bayern bring players through and yeah. all the German clubs bring, but they, they play second division, third division. They're talking about this conference is going to be the fifth tier, so I think it's a bit ridiculous. Personally, I think it's a bit ridiculous that the the, the four B teams if they can get four B teams. Because I believe Aberdeen have said they don't want anything to do with it. Heard that in the local news tonight. Um, the team that finishes fifth could be in a, a promotion playoff. I mean, that seems a bit silly to me. I think, let's see without like, sort of going too far into it and getting too complicated. See, to me, like it looks as though it's an idea that's been put out there without everything being in place, if you know what I mean. Because let's be but see the top four in the Lone League, are they really going to want to join it? And then are the top two in the Highland League really going to want to join it? I don't know if this is like maybe Rangers and Celtic and other clubs putting this out there to see if they can just get everybody around the table and try and come to some type of agreement where they are going to play and it's something that's going to be in place for the next five or ten or whatever years because at the moment it's basically like a year-to-year thing, isn't it? Which isn't helping yeah. our players because you don't know from year to year well you're going to be able to sign players. Obviously today we've started to see that kind of faltering out now that seven or eight of the B-team players are probably going to go at the end of the season. But up until a few weeks ago, nobody knew if Rangers were going to be in the Lowland League, if they were going to have to set up their own games programme. I mean, it just it's not a great place to be, to be honest, but something needs to happen where there's actual structure in place. Um, but see, to be fair, that could be said for the whole of Scottish football, not just, um, not just the B-teams. Right, okay, we'll go down a bit, a bit of a rabbit hole there, but anyway, I, I, I tend to agree with you, William. Um, right, Carl, let's get, let's get back to Saturday. I know you're actually talking about Sunday, but we'll do that tomorrow night. Um, so Saturday, um, you know, there's all the chat from the usual, the usual suspects. You know, it, did, it, it was a dead rubber. It didn't matter. It was, you know, all the, all the usual from from that lot. Despite the fact that they, they were peddling, they were going for a points total nonsense, which they can't get now, which is quite nice. So. 
I had a I had a thought after I calmed down when fashion after Fashion Sakala scored. Do you think that because there wasn't that much pressure on the game, that contributed quite a lot to the way the game went? Do you mean in terms of us or in terms of them? Oh, both, both. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, for example, Sakala's missed missed he missed easier chances than that in the last two games he's played against them. And then when there's no pressure, he walks he walks around the keeper strokes into the net. For, yeah. Just for example. I think it, it does play maybe a factor. I think because obviously they had made a few changes. They didn't make as many changes as they made out they'd made. Most of those players had played a lot of minutes this season. So it's not as if they were just all fresh, you know, fringe players that hadn't played a game this season. So the, it's nonsense that it was their B team because it absolutely was not. Um but I think it, it helped us not having the pressure because it didn't matter at the end of the day. Really, you're only playing for pride. And it, it's a full Ibrox. The place was absolutely bouncing. You could tell that the players fed off of that. So it was just a case of they were enjoying themselves. And I think the problem this season is we've been too rigid and we've been too scared almost to make mistakes and to mess it up. And then we've done that anyway because we've been so in ourselves, whereas yesterday we played with a lot of freedom and a lot of kind of excitement and, and enjoyment again, which was nice to see. So I think having no pressure does seem to help this team because when there is pressure on them, I mean, you could argue that, you know, the year we won 55, that there wasn't really any pressure because there was no one there and we strolled it. But then they also capitulated. So you can look at it whatever way you want and think either way, but I think it probably did help to a degree, not having any pressure on us and that we could just play with a bit more freedom. Okay, so Ian, so having, having said having said that maybe let us play with a bit more freedom, um, has, your, has your opinion on anybody staying changed any since the game on Saturday? I mean, did, did any performances you think, well, I was maybe a bit harsh wanting him to go, or, or conversely, do you think, well, I really wanted them to stay, but after that, I really don't want to. I don't think there's anybody in that team that on Saturday I've come out of it going, Do you know what? No, you're not good enough that you could. I've, I've changed my mind on you, you can go. Um, certain players have made me look at them and think, Yeah, I mean, not I'm it's a bit harsh to say it about Ridvan because we've not really seen him, but, but Ridvan for me, I don't see, I can't see his letting him go in the summer now. Um, it's far too good. We need to stay, um, and be given that chance to, to prove why we bought him. Um, I mean, Lunny looked good, but Lunny can look good on occasion. I'd, I'd still, I haven't changed my mind about him. I haven't thought either way that made me wanting to go more. It's just I think if we can get money for Lunny in the summer, he can he could be moved on. Um, some players stood out a little bit more than others, but you always get that in an over game. Right, well, there was a point from uh, from from my my new my new best friend Angela. Um, she said there was pressure. Rangers are a point to prove. No such thing as as only playing for pride. Get behind, get behind all that. But she says we, we had to give them a hiding. Do you think we actually missed a trick by not giving them an absolute scalping? I mean, it was three nothing with twenty minutes to go. And if you unmute your microphone, we'll be able to hear you. That must have been Martin because I never mute my thing. Um, but look, I think for me, like you're right. At fair enough and up, you're always looking for more, aren't you? You want a fourth, you want a fifth goal. Um, I think the funniest thing I read over the last few days was that, like, Rangers actually celebrated the win. I mean, I'm getting back a few years ago now, mind you. But I remember when Rangers had won the league and we went to Parkhead and we lost. I think it was two one, 
I think it was quite late in the season. Celtic did a lap of honour after they beat us 2-1, even though we'd won the league. You're thinking, well, the people must have very short memories when they criticise um, other teams for winning games at the end of the season when they say, does it matter? It obviously mattered to them that night when they chose to do a lap of honour, even though the league was gone by that point. Um, I just think, see, whenever Rangers play Celtic, you always want to win. I don't think it matters if it's the first game of the season or the last game of the season. It always means something, you know, to the players. And at the end of the day, for for the group, you know, Rangers in particular, a lot of those players could be here next season. So that one could actually change them in a mental capacity as well. Because for some of those guys, they hadn't beaten Celtic by all they've been at Rangers. So it's a big thing to get that win. Um, and as for all the changes, it's like, if you look at how many players we'd missing for starting eleven and what they had missing, do you know, it's just, like, to me, it's just one of these things. People are always looking to kind of, you know, spark a reaction or say something that's going to cause something. But for me, personally, I was, I was happy with how we played. It was a good performance. Um, I thought I thought it was quite like a Steven Gerrard-type performance in a lot of ways. You know, we gave up quite a bit of possession to them and almost allowed them to have the ball. And then that's when we started to press them. And then... I mean, if you look at some of the goals, some of the goals come from mistakes. You know, Celtic maybe, especially Kobayashi, to me, he looked very uncomfortable. Um, and especially when it, there was a bit of physicality on him. I mean, Suter just basically moved him out of the way for the header. And then a couple of other times during the match, he didn't look as though he was physically up to the challenge. And that shows you, yet again, the importance of individual players within both teams. Yeah, Cameron Carlton-Vickers is a very good player and it shows you the difference because he's not in that team. And if he is out for the three or four months that they're talking about, he's going to be an enormous miss even at the start of next season for them because I don't think they've got another centre-half that's even close to the level that he is. And it's just like when we get like Connor Goldson missing in the team because you can't replace those type of players. Yeah, funny you should mention that the settler halves because I was told by my Hearts correspondent that that Kobayashi is not very good when you put him under pressure. Yeah. after the game the week before at Tynecastle, when by all accounts hearts were all over them like a cheap suit until the boy got sent off just before half time and that completely changed the game but that's that's, that's another another thing so yeah, Carl, point... that's what I was going to say well quickly like, so see when you look at these players right you're always worried about strong 11 but it's the guys underneath them see when somebody's out injured for a period of time that's when you see the quality of your squad yeah. and like people can say oh, well Celtic will go out and spend again in the summer but there's not a lot of guys that are going to want to come and sit as backups do you know what I mean? Like they're not going to want to sit there all season yeah. and play maybe five or six games, and that's the tough point of being a backup in Scotland. A lot of guys don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I agree a hundred percent. So, Carl Craig, Craig Williams is sitting on a point here. The, the pressure was on was all on us, more specifically on the manager, because if we'd lost that, he would have been getting absolutely crucified. I mean, we said it earlier on in the pod that, um, or I said that, you know, to me, it looks like he's got his game plan working against them because it's only errors that have cost us in the games previous whereas on, on Saturday we cut those errors out and we capitalised on errors that, that they made so you know was it was it that big a win for Michael Beale? I mean I wasn't one of the ones that was saying that if we if we didn't win that game that Michael Beale should have been sacked like I didn't really understand the argument to be honest yes it, it's frustrating and it, it would like it hurts when you don't you go all season and you don't beat them. But we learned, I think, from this first semi-final where he didn't pick the right team, but 
we were all over them, that he could get their number. We just didn't have the quality to get over the line. So it's been coming. It's been building. Every game we played against them, bar maybe the last one before that, where we just it wasn't great. But obviously the pressure was on him, but I don't think he would have been sacked had he not won that. I think a lot of the fans would have been on his back and would have been maybe calling for him to go, and I think a few still are. Maybe I'm downplaying it a bit and maybe I'm trying, because I'm trying not to get excited for next season. I'm trying not to be like, this is it, he's got them, we're going to win all of them next season and it's going to be a walkover. So I think I'm trying to downplay it a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> you're, be- you're better than me at sitting on a fence, car. you really are. Anyway, we talked about numbers as you did there, but we've got uh, still got time for some calls of anybody out there that's that's watching, wants to, wants to call in 0141 7237. Martin's sitting there bored in the background waiting to answer the phone. Um, he's, he's been away doing his hair, although you'd never notice it, but um, he is waiting for your call. Um, so, uh, Ian, Ian getting, back, getting back to Saturday, who was your absolute standouts on Saturday, except for Todd Cantwell, who was absolutely imperious? Who else stood out for you in the team on Saturday? Uh, Raskin. Uh, I say He's been coming under a little bit of criticism the last few games for possibly not being as good as we've all made him out to be. I think he's dispelled that on Saturday. He was just everywhere, snapping at the tackles. I loved it. Um, I thought Matondo was decent. I gave Sakala a lot of stick during the game, and and then I watched it back and realised he was actually a lot better than I thought he was. Um, uh, But the two standouts away from Cantwell um, were Raskin and and McCrory. I mean, that one-handed save, you don't won't even hear the shriek that came out of here. I think people thought that I might have been uh, the little girl running around getting tortured when I was doing that because the scream that was coming out of me. But yeah, Raskin, Raskin and McCrory, and a special one for Ridvan because I thought he was really good as well. Right, well, there's 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 Paul with exactly the same. He's got three players, but he's also he's also um, stuck in Ryan Jack there. Do you think Ryan Jack makes that much of a difference to to our team when he's when he plays? Yeah, I do. I mean, I've always been a big Ryan Jack fan. I think he's one of those guys that does a lot of the unseen work on a football pitch. Um, I think his qualities, when he's fit, show why he's always in the starting 11. And my biggest annoyance with Ryan Jack is just the fact he can't stay fit. I mean, I've never doubted the guy's ability. Um, It is just the frustration that he can't stay fit for any period of time. You know, the fact is... He'd missed several weeks of football there. If you what the manager said, I think he'd only played, sorry, he'd only been in training like a day or two, but he's straight out of the starting 11. Like there wasn't even a thought about probably not starting them because that's how important Michael Beale thinks he is. And he's obviously basically let the cat out of the bag, isn't he, with Ryan Jack, that they basically offered him another year anyway. Um, so I think that tells you yet again how important Michael Beale feels he's going to be for Rangers next season. And yet again, if we can keep him fit, He's a massive player for us. Right, that's that's uh, again, again, all of the instances you can once agree with. I, can't, I couldn't disagree, couldn't disagree with any of that. So we've got Stephen waiting. Finally got another another call in. Stephen, good evening. Well, how you doing, Paul? I'm doing fine, mate. What can we do for you? Just why well, ask everybody that's on the panel. But obviously, there's a load of names flying about the now about who am I saying, who we're looking at all that kind of stuff, um, who they would like to see brought in. 
Okay, Carl, we'll go to you first. Have, have, uh, have you been listening to the rumours or are you like me and don't listen to them? And if you have been listening to them, who would you like to be seen brought in? I mean, I've seen a few names flying around. I think Jack Butlin's probably, you know, a good idea. To answer that question that was just asked, I, I would trust Robbie McCrory as our, our keeper next season as our number one because every game that he's played in and come up, against them in, in big European games, he's he's been absolutely phenomenal. So I think I absolutely would trust him. But I would like somebody in behind him. I think we need someone in. I don't I don't trust John McLaughlin to to do it, whether it's number one or number two. So I'd like another keeper in. So it'd be him and the boy from Chelsea or was at Chelsea but was on loan at Birmingham, I want to say. Cannot remember his name. Seemed quite good. But other than that, I just see names flying around and I just, I don't really listen to it because I'm just, I don't really know who half of them are, to be honest, because unless you played for Rangers, I don't really know who you are. Yeah, Ian, I'm, 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 I'm something the same as Car. I don't really listen to the rumours. Um, I think the boy she was referring to was, is it the boy Sterling that's at, that was at Chelsea? Sterling that was at Chelsea on loan at Birmingham City or something like that. So to answer the the call uh, the caller's point, Ian, who would you like to see brought in? Because you'll have your finger right on the pulse. You'll know who everybody is. Well, just going by what I've seen, the same as everybody else. I mean, Butland, if Butland wants to come, then and he's willing, then I'd get him in. It doesn't mean that Robbie's not number one. It just means that Robbie's got competition for for that number one position, which is healthy. Because no matter what, I mean, yeah, you can put Robbie in as number one, but we need another goalkeeper in. So. Um, one from my neck of the woods that used to play with Tug Campwell, uh, Mr. Dowell, um, a decent player by all accounts, uh, has been felt to be better than Campwell when he gets gets his game on, but in typical Rangers fashion, he has got an injury history. Um, and then I think it's Trusty is the one from Birmingham. Uh, there's an Arsenal, uh, two million pound, looks a decent defender. Um, but again, I can only go with YouTube clips on that because that's all I've seen. Um, the guy from Greece, this uh, Palmer, I wouldn't mind seeing him come across. If he's, I mean, again, I can only go by what YouTube, but he does like a shot and he's he's quick, he's got good feet. I'd quite like to see him come over, I think. Yeah, right, Stephen, before, before you obviously come on and ask the question, you must have somebody in mind. So who's who would you like to see come in of the, of the guys that are rumoured or have you got another rumour to start? I've not got a rumour to start, Wolf, but um, for me, I, fine, the rumours are all fine and all that kind of stuff, and I'll know, actually, you'll know actually see anything until you see some, but I'd love us to go a wee bit bigger, and I might be totally dreaming, but the boy Akpom, that's at Middlesbrough, I'd love to see us go for him. He's maybe got a year extension, and maybe a top Premier League club's looking at him. But that's the kind of boy that I would like to see us come in. 26 goals in the championship. Cracking player. Well, I see you, I see you nodding away the there. You watch a little bit more football than me. That's not yeah, Rangers, He so. was one of the guys we spoke about a while ago. I think we actually picked up on him in January. Um, I think he does have a have the option of a year at Middlesbrough. But I think he has to agree to it as well as the club. So I think it's one of those ones where he's had such a good season. He's going to have... A lot of clubs looking at him, but yeah, like he was definitely one of the ones that I think at the time he was on about 17 goals, 16, 17 goals when we looked at him. 
and we were kind of looking at individual players that were out of contract, guys that we felt could come in, guys that would fill the homegrown quota. But I mean, Akpom was probably the most direct replacement for somebody like Morelos. You know, you, you look at the size of him, he's big, he's strong, decent turn of pace. You know, 26 goals in the England Championship, it's, it's a tough league, that one. You know, a 46-game season, then you've got the playoffs. It's really, really tough, really combative, really physical. Yeah, look, he would be an outstanding signing. And I think the only concern with these guys is the money. You know, I think like the wages are the big thing. I would imagine when you look at Butland, his wages is going to come down because he's going to have to bring his wages down. Even as a third-choice goalkeeper in England, he's probably earning more than what our first choice is. If you look at Kieran Dill, he's an interesting one. You know, he's, he was obviously quite a talented young kid and then he kind of come back and he went away again. He seems to have done okay at Norwich and he's got injured, which we seem to like signing guys who have just had bad injuries. Um, I like the one Sterling looks like the right one for me. Big physical fullback, very powerful. Um, he's versatile, can play right back, left back. He can obviously play a little bit at centre back as well. Um, it's interesting. I mean, it's been interesting links so far this summer. And the guy Palmer, I mean, I'm a bit like Ian. I've only seen snippets of him on YouTube, but he looks like the sort of kid as soon as he gets anywhere near the 18 yard box, he's going to have a dig at goal. Which, let's be honest about it, we probably don't shoot enough. Um, and I, I should have known. I should have known better than to ask than to ask you, William, before I said goodbye to Stephen. Stephen, we can leave you hanging on that phone line for the next two hours, and William will still be throwing names at us. So thanks very much for the call, mate. Do call again. That was nice and thought-provoking. And just just as you say goodbye, I'll leave you with the name that sprung to mind for me, Jake Cooper. Now that Mill Walden... Oh, well, thanks very much, mate. Cheers, pal. Cheers, cheers, Stephen. Thank you, mate. So there you go, Ian. What about them? Um, we've been linked with them in the past. And now that Millwall, I said, get relegated, didn't get relegated, didn't make the playoffs. Jake Jake Cooper, would, you, would he do as a turn? Ian. He'd do as a turn. Uh, I've seen a little bit of him. Um, definitely good in the air, commanding that sort of clear all, clear everything ball, uh, which is something I think we do have missed. In our defence, I think Suter can do that as well. But uh, we've got two at the feet centre backs right now. I think we do need that little bit of mess. Anyone who comes in within any shoot sort of distance of our box is going to have to sort of fear for their lives a little bit. That's a sort of sense uh, centre back we need. Cooper could cover that. Okay, right, there you go, Carr. There's, a, there's one, for, one for you throw, to throw at you. We need a left-sided centre-back because Davis will be sold. And before you before you answer that, I've got Martin waving frantically at me because we've got Charles on the line. Charles, you've just saved, you've just ah, saved Carr. I'll just plot through something you know nothing about. All right, pal, how can we help you? What can we do for you? I've, I've got a few points. I think Lundstrom had a good game on Saturday. Agreed. And I yep. think uh, Montondo didn't have a great game. All he done was shut down space. So that's part of his job, but he's got to do man running. He never created a lot. And just as the third point is about McCrory. He'll be number two, and he'll need to move on to be a number one somewhere else. Need him at the boys, 25 years of age, and I think he was going to sign a number one. 
Okay, any idea who you think the number one's going to be? No, obviously not. Ian, what do you... Uh, I think it'll be what? that book and they're talking about the Manchester oh. United that was on loan or whatever he was. But, oh, the boy, Butland. the boy Butland. Right. All right. Yeah. Right. right, Charles, we'll see what Ian... Ian, what do you think of Charles's point that uh, that uh, Robbie's going to have to move on if he wants regular first-team football? Uh, um... I don't think he's to move on. I think he's got the chance to get the first football at Ibrooks. Uh, um, just because Butland comes in doesn't mean that he should just be automatically number one. I know that's what he'll be coming for, and yeah, he probably will be, but he's got to be able to fight for it. He can't just automatically assume. And McCrory has to earn the right to be number one as well. So just because he moves on, he could end up a number two at somebody else. So stay, fight for that number one position. If it doesn't work out, he can move, but I think he's good enough to be a Rangers number one. Okay, right. So, Carl, if we say theoretically we we'll bring in another big name goalkeeper, I say Jack Butlin because we've been linked with him. Do we start? Do we start the season with the new signing in goal? Do we stick with Robbie, or do we do what Stephen Gerrard did when he first came in and basically change the goalkeeper every week? I think you'd have to give them both kind of an equal chance, depending on what Michael Beale sees in training, because he's obviously seen McCrory in training and said he, he's got it in him, like he's good enough to start games for us, and that's why he's playing him just now, because he's got the chance. So I think you'd need to give both of them a chance, because you can't sign a boy that's been playing down in England and then turn around and say, well, you're going you're gonna to sit on the bench for most of the season, or you'll maybe get the cup games. So I think you've got to play them both, see who handles it, better, who deals with it better and shows up more, and then give it to them and hope that they can stay fit and can do it for a long period of time. Right, William, make this make this, make this a short answer, will you? What do you think? Do you think Robbie's going to move on, or do you think he's going to stay, stay and fight for, his, fight for his place? Well, I mean, it depends. I suppose if you look at pre-season, how many games do we normally play? About six. You know, we could probably give each, you know, goalkeeper three games each, and then, you know, we see where we are at the end of pre-season. I mean, I think that's the right thing to do. I don't think you can guarantee Jack Butlin number one, because if Robbie has a really good pre-season and he ends this season well, you know, it's a half to then make him a backup straight away before the season starts. Okay, fair enough. Okay, right, Charles, thanks very much for your call. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Personally, I think I think Robbie's good good enough for the number one position, but then again, is he? You know, we need to get the rest of the season see how, see how he is at the start of next season. Um, my concern is that we try to bring in likes of Jack Butland, and there's the, the, the guys like that's not they're not going to come in to, to sit on the bench. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to come in and want to play. So that's 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 the concern. That's the problem with that. Um, so I think we've just got time for another call if anybody's. Um, Want to want to hit hit the buttons? Oh one four one six two eight seven two three seven. We'll I mean, put you straight onto onto the show. Martin's woke up again after a couple of calls here, so um, I mean, we'll, we'll get you we'll get you straight on. While we're waiting for that, I think it would be remiss of us not to have a little chat about the the games coming up at the weekend. I know we'll be talking about them later on in the week because there's two big games on Sunday. Big game at Easter Road involving the men's first team. 
and an even bigger game at Ibrox on Saturday afternoon, car, Sunday afternoon, sorry, car, involving the women's first team. Well, we, I don't know if we thought we'd be at this point, did we, with the women's team? I think we kind of expected it with the men's, to be honest, the way the season went. But with the women's team, I mean, I jokingly said, oh, it's fine, we'll win 6-0, it'll be no bother. And then we did it, and now I'm kind of like, oh, what? They expect to be in this position now, and now we need to go and absolutely batter them and hope that Hearts can shut down Celtic, the other, well, Airdrie. So it's going to be a, a tight affair and hopefully I can get signal on my phone to keep up with the scores in the other games so we know what's, what's going on over there. But it's going to be a tense affair and, and a very exciting one. Yeah, William, I don't know how much you keep in touch with what's going on with the, the, women, the women's side of things, but it's basically a last, last day shootout on Sunday. Yeah, look, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, obviously having to play Glasgow City isn't exactly ideal. It would have been better if it had been anybody other than Glasgow City or Celtic in the last game. If it had just been a, a total shootout, it might have been interesting, clearly. But, yeah, like, I mean, Celtic have to get his favourites, don't they? Um, you'd imagine they'll score a good few against Hearts, and it's really up to Rangers to somehow try and kind of blow down uh, Glasgow City away. I mean, I don't know if that's... But, look, you see playing at Ibrox, if a decent crowd turn up and, you know, if Rangers can get that early goal, you never know what can happen. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing in football. You know, Celtic could get a player sent off the first 10 or 15 minutes and, and all of a sudden the game changes. There's so many things that can happen in a football match, but yeah, look, it's obviously going to be tough to try and win the league just because of it's basically a shootout between Rangers and Celtic to a point. Were you drinking Buckfast in that bath? Celtic get a player sent off in a game they have to win. Behave yourself, will you? You never know. You never know. <laughs> it's, it's Scottish football, William. Well, that's very right, good. So, so for those of you that I see a few a few folk in the comments uh, talking to me, it's, it's at Ibrox, it's at 10 past four on Sunday afternoon. It is tickets. Uh, I don't think they'll I don't think there'll be cash doors on on the day. They don't tend to do that. There will be tickets. Um, there is tickets. It's a pound a ticket if you're a MyGF member, season ticket holder, all that sort of stuff. Seven quid if you're not. Kids, I believe, are free if they're MyGF members or season ticket holders. Um, but again, you still need to buy a ticket. And we do still have time for one more call. Yes, Martin, I've already said that. I don't know who Martin's talking to. I don't know if he's waiting for somebody. Anyway, we'll be time for one more call if anyone does want to phone in. Um, but yeah, the women's game on Sunday, if you can get along to Ibrox, it would be, as, as William says, if they can get a crowd, um, if they can get a crowd in, it'll do them the world do them the world of good. With a bit of luck, we'll have some um, some coverage live from Ibrox if we can if we can get some, get some press access thanks to the... Um, Support we get from you guys. So, Ian, we'll let you have your have your say on how you think the women will get on. Oh, Martin's waving at me. Curry, okay, here we go. Batten down the hatches. Go walk the dog. Put the kettle on. Here comes Curry. Good evening, Curry. Good evening, panel. I'm a Celtic supporter, and I want to know how 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 come McQueen? He's amazing. Look at the stating, look what happened there. That, that's just no own what's happening here. I want to know, what, why is other referees masons? Come on, tell us. You're all just men, tell me. <laughs> I, would, I would tell you, but it's a secret. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, God. Couldn't resist it. Could not resist it. How are you all doing? Good, mate. Good. All the better for hearing you, son. All the better for hearing from you. 
<laughs> oh, I've just been I've been absolutely loving it. Uh, the build up yesterday, uh oh, sorry, it's Saturday. And and then yesterday's Twitter, then the day's Twitter and all they're still going on about it. And uh, it was one of the the pods I was forced to watch because obviously because I did my own pod for the Gallant View and uh, I said, right, I'm going to watch to see what they're saying about the game and that. And I'll tell you, quality stuff, absolutely comedy gold. It was brilliant. And then with them going on, remember, this is a game that was a, a dead draw. It didn't matter to them at all in any way, shape or form. But they've spent the full day watching stuff on Twitter and making up rules, which is absolutely brilliant. Now, right, my point, right, I said this other week, and I'm going to say it again. Will Todd Cantwell, Todd the Prod, be a future captain at Rangers if he stays? Ian, Todd Cantwell, future captain. Um, I can see it. He's got all the attributes for it. Um, will he be here long enough? That's the thing. I think we just need to in, well, not worry about making Todd Cantwell captain of the club and just enjoy him while we've got him because I don't I get the feeling that uh, someone's come a calling for him at, at some point maybe not this year but next summer I think we could be in for a, a lot of inquiries. Carl, I mean potentially, like Ian saying, if we we keep hold of him long enough, he seems to have bought into the ethos very quickly and he seems to have got what what we're all about and doesn't show them any respect and gets stuck in. So potentially, but I think he needs to be here a bit longer and get a few more games under his belt and see what he's made of. But I don't see why not. I think if Goldson's still here, though, and somehow we get rid of Tav and it's between them two, I think Goldson gets it first. I don't think you go straight to, to Cantwell. Unless next season he has a, an absolute wonder season and... Who knows? But I think but he could be potentially, but not not now. Right, William, just to cut across Curry's point, I fit Tom Lawrence as our next captain, according to Nicholas Moore from Sunny Wales. You know what? I mean, like, see, to me, it's hard to see by what Tav's done as the captain, and I think he's probably still got a year or two here. And Carl's probably right. It's Golson that's going to be the backup captain, but I'm kind of one of those guys. I would just let Campbell play. You know what I mean? Like he, he seems like a free spirit on a football pitch. And I don't know if by giving him the armband, it's maybe because something he doesn't need in his game. But yeah, like he was brilliant to watch on Saturday. And you can start to see like the level that he could get at for us. And that's exactly what we want from a fully fit and ready Todd Cantwell. Yeah, I was, I was. This is Hugo Bears made the point I was going to make before the the Tom Lawrence point got made. Uh, is just don't burn them when the captain says you say just let them play, you know, just let them play. So Curry, always good to I hear from you, my friend. I agree with that. Well, but, but Hugo Bears says it is. It's probably is. I mean, you don't want to burden the boy uh, with something like that. I'm just, I was just saying it as your yeah, potential for the future. Obviously, it's going to be hard to keep a hold of this boy if he. He stays away, he, he's playing just now. It's going to be really, really hard for us to keep a hold of him. But I just thought I'd phone up and say hi, yeah, because it's nearly the end of the show 
and just to let it. I think there is tickets still available for Friday. Is that right? I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that, mate. You, you, you read, are you reading my auto cue here? I'm coming to that. <laughs> no, no, well, I just thought I'd mention it anyway. Any use guys gone? Absolutely. Yep. Well, oh, you coming then? along? You coming along? Is he away? He's going. No, I'm here. I'm drafting you while you're you going. I actually fly out on holiday early on the Saturday morning, mate, so I'll not be there, unfortunately. Well, I'm not going to get a big man hug for you. I'm no, I'm not happy with that, mate. I'm <laughs> just not happy you. with that. You going fast? I fly out very early on the Saturday morning, so um, I'm under strict instructions. <laughs> so, ah, yeah. well, enjoy your holiday, mate. Cheers, mate. I appreciate that. I'll be there, Curry, if you want to get a picture printed out and I'll sign it for you as soon as you're asking last woman oh, show it. There we go. Superb. You, 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 know, you know who I want, though, don't you? <laughs> Superb. Right, Curry, we'll see you on Friday. We mention Friday to all the, all the, the good people watching, so we'll see you then, sir. Hey, bother, guys. Do take very good care. Good talking to you. Yes, and I'll man. see you some of you on Friday. Terry, bye. Always good to speak to you, mate. Cheers. Right, folks, just before we go, as Curry was mentioning, we've got a, that Rabble's very first ever live show on Friday night in Lounge 72 in Uddingston. Uh, there are still one or two tickets available. The link will be in the description for this podcast, I'm quite sure. Martin hasn't, isn't confirming, but he's putting his hands up. But there is definitely still tickets available. One or two of them are still half a dozen tickets or whatever available for that. Come along. Um, if you're a hairdresser, Bring your clippers and sort marks hear it. Right, so the link isn't in the description. Right, right? Okay. Um, because I forgot. Um, but it will be in the description later. And if you want to come along, you can pay the door. Right, there you go. Are you gonna tell them how much they've got to pay at the door? Five pounds. I can't remember. Right, five pound fifty. And go. by the way, all proceeds, all Money's made, all profits made are going to the Rangers Charity Foundation as well. Um, I keep forgetting to mention because I got a bit of, a, I, I get somebody in the comments um, having a go at me for <laughs> apparently trying to steal money. And I said, well, it's for the Rangers Charity Foundation. And uh, I'm, gonna go, I'm going for a haircut on Friday morning. So there you go. Um, I'll be, you won't even recognize me. But, anyways, well, if you carry on. Thank you very much. So there we go. So Lounge 72 in Erdingston on Friday. Um, I believe we're, we're going to be starting the podcast about quarter to eight or whatever time I get there because I'm not leaving Aberdeen until about five when my missus finishes work. So um, we'll be there about quarter to eight. So I'll be there. Carl will be there. Ian will be stuck in Norwich or ruining about that neck of the woods where he stays. Willie's blousing out because he's going on holiday. There'll be a few of the other, other podders there. Um so it'd be nice if, if we can see as many of there as we can, you can get along. We really need help with the Rangers Charity Foundation. Um, and obviously, uh, don't forget, if, you're, if you've got anything bust that needs fixed, anything that's sorted out, uh, let, let me repair UK. They've, they're have they kindly supporting the pod at the moment. So have a, have a wee look at their website. And if, if you've got anything, needs, anything, anything electronic that needs fixed, give them a shout. They'll, they'll deal with that for you. So... As things stand, I think we're possibly still having a live pod on Friday, but I'm not sure because Martin hasn't decided. No, we definitely aren't, he's telling me, because 
four hours ago we thought we might be, because Stu is desperate to have something seen as he's stuck in Englandshire and can't get to Uddingston for Friday, which is a lame excuse because there's motorways and there's airports and all sorts of stuff. But anyway. Um, I was in Cheltenham yesterday. You were? Yes, he was. And unfortunately, <laughs> he came back. Unfortunately, he came back. So there we go, folks. That's it for us for tonight. So thank you very much to Ian. And to Carr. Absolute pleasure, boys Thanks and girls. Well. Lovely. And William, thank you very much for cutting your bath short and coming to join us and making up the numbers. It's an absolute pleasure. And for me, it's a very good night. Thank you very much for your company. And it's over to the producer to get us out of here. Podcast Network.